Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our podcast show this week, episode 190. I am talking about celebrating our students and diving into student retention. Wrapping up 2023 and looking forward to 2024 right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you and welcome, my friend and colleague. I am so grateful that you have pressed play and that you are joining me. And my friends, if you are listening to this podcast at time of release, it's the end of 2023. In fact, if you're listening to this very close to time of release, it's the middle of December and most of us are wrapping up our teaching seasons. Many of you have endured or or celebrated, (laughs) I hope it was the latter, uh, your recitals, winter recitals, holiday recitals, and I hope you're heading into a beautiful, whatever you need it to be, holiday season. This is a really busy time for musicians, for professionals, for teachers, and uh, it's a lot right now. So I do hope that you are advocating for yourself and you are practicing self-care. I am going to be sharing some some wins, and, and they tie into my topic today about celebrating our students and also looking at student retention. Uh, Two big things that are go hand in hand, really. And I just want to share some personal stories uh, that I think tie into this. I I had the pleasure of uh, going back to Ontario. Um, So I hopped on a a Porter plane. Yay, Porter. Fabulous airline. Um, And uh, I went back to Toronto. Now I had a lot of full voice business to do. We stopped in at Graphic Print, who is our printer in Toronto. And Katrina and her family, Katrina, Jeff and Curtis, uh, have been taking care of our books and printing our books since day one. It was Katrina's dad who took the time when I first started uh, going to printers and showing them the project and trying to get pricing. Uh, A lot of people wouldn't give me the time of day because we were such a small uh, company. Well, we weren't even a company back then. I was just a lone teacher trying to print up some books. And it was really frustrating. I, and nobody would give me the time of day. But then I walked into Graphic Print, which was uh, just around the corner from my home, tiny little print shop. And uh, Katrina's dad uh, took the time to look and was genuinely interested in in my book and had some suggestions about how it could be printed and how we could save money. He took probably close to 45 minutes with me, which was much more than the two-minute conversation that I had on the phone with some people or the five-minute conversation I had with other printers when I walked into their shops. And this this story ties into what we're talking about today. 
um, about celebrating our students, about student retention. But uh, Katrina and Jeff have been taking care of Full Voice ever since. Katrina is a dear friend and she loves printing up all the fun stuff that we do, like the, the stickers. And yes, if you saw our Instagram feed, we do have pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn shirts and space cat shirts coming up for sale because they're just so darn cute. And we've had a lot of requests for those. So, but anyhow, so I got to go in and visit Katrina and Jeff and, and uh, we were looking at uh, some of the logistics of the printing and the orders coming in from the website. Um, and then I got to connect with uh, a dear friend of mine, Julie, uh, and her husband and her family. Julie and I performed together for years. And actually, I sang with Julie uh, when she was touring her, her uh, album. And I had the pleasure of singing with her at the Montreal Jazz Festival and all sorts of main stage uh, performances. It was truly one of the, the most um, incredible times I had as a performer. And I love background vocals. Uh, and it was really challenging because Julie sang in both English and French. So I had to learn her songs in both languages. So um, yay for me. <laughs> Julie was very patient and would often give me extra support in the French language. So thank you to Julie. And then of course, I got to visit uh, some of the Full Voice team. So I got to see Heidi and and uh, Mim and uh, we went out for some meals. I got to shower them with some swag for the Full Voice company and we had a great time. We actually had a sip and sing uh, event where people came to Heidi's house. Now we started doing sip and sings online during the pandemic. So it was a huge surprise for a lot of my former students. So they they came to Heidi's house to do a sip and sing, but of course I answered the door and they weren't expecting to see me and it was fabulous. We all got to sing for each other. We all celebrated each other. It was just a joy to sit and, and listen to my students and talk and sing and just so much, so much love for everyone and what a beautiful evening and I have to thank Heidi for allowing me to use her house as home base while I traveled here and there and everywhere while I was in Ontario. Now, the big reason that I was going to Ontario is because my last student, that's right, I have one student, one student left in my studio. <laughs> I have been downsizing my teaching studio for several years now. And downsizing your studio is something actually we should talk about on the podcast because we do put a lot of focus, obviously, in building our studios and getting new students. But there comes a time where your circumstances change or your career path changes and you might have built this amazing studio and now you've got to roll back. And um, that's that's, you can, there's, there's, there's good ways of doing that and there's not so good ways of doing that. So, um, but I have one delightful student left and I love her. Um, so I, I just want to share, I went to see three former students, or sorry, two former students perform in their, in a one in a high school musical. So I got to see Mina uh, sing in Mean Girls at Westdale High School in Hamilton. And I got to see my adult student, Paul, perform in a community production of The Sound of Music. And Paul was Uncle Max, and he was 
perfect. And I am so proud. There was a lot of crying when I was in Ontario. I was so proud of these students of mine, their friends now, and the accomplishments that they've made. And I want to just tie this all into what we're talking about today. So first of all, I want to share a little bit of Paul's story. Paul like a lot of adults, um, he came to me uh, in his in his early forties, and he had had a love of singing his entire life, uh, but he had never really stepped out of his comfort zone. And he was now singing in a community choir, and there was an opportunity to sing the solo in one of the tunes for Java Jive. You know that tune? I love coffee, I love tea, that song. And he came to me for uh, a couple of lessons to just get his his confidence, to, to prepare for the solo. And when I met him, I immediately just connected with him because his love for singing was so honest and heartfelt, and I immediately was just so taken with him. He, uh, but he, he proclaimed to have a lot of performance anxiety, and um, uh, we worked with we worked with that. We we you know helped him prepare. Beautiful singing voice, gorgeous gorgeous baritone range. Actually, he could sing baritone or tenor. Gorgeous, huge range of a voice. And the beautiful thing about our lessons is that each and every week I saw him get a little more confident and a little more confident. And then those, those voices would creep in, you know, oh, I'm 40 years old. I shouldn't be doing this. I, I never sang as a kid. And then I'd have to, you know, go through the whole thing. Of course you should sing. Everyone should sing. Anyhow, of course, Paul got the solo and he charmed everybody because he's a charming person. And I went to see him perform. And... I told him, I said, you know, you have this, this personality, this, this charm and this smile when you sing. It's just something. I hope that you'll consider maybe someday doing musical theater. And I, and he just, he brushed me off. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I could never do that. This was a little solo that's, you know... So anyhow, um, he's, and of course he was in his 40s, so he was still working and he had two young girls and they were about to head into university. So he's like, yeah, maybe when I retire, maybe when I retire, that's something I'll have to do when I retire. So um, the, the thing about Paul, uh, as an advocational adult, as an advocational adult, Paul uh, I, there, I had a little more flexibility in my lessons um, with my students because sometimes with advocational adults, they may want to come in and just start by preparing for an audition or to get their confidence. And I, and I want to just speak to that. When you are dealing with advocational adults, their goals uh, are going to be different uh, compared to say, a a professional or semi-professional performer. They're going to have a different different parameter for why they are taking lessons. But I do want to say, an advocational adult that comes for lessons is doing it because they love to sing. And in a lot of cases, in my experience, somebody has told them when they were little or in high school that they shouldn't sing. 
And my friends, I know you know this, but I'm going to say this here. And do not be afraid to tell others. When somebody truly wants to sing and somebody tells them that they shouldn't or they can't, a piece of that person is taken away. A piece of them is removed. I have seen this time and time and time again. And maybe maybe somebody did the same thing to you. And I know if you've been teaching for any length of time, you've heard the stories. You've heard the stories. And you've seen, if you just take a second, you can see that, that piece that is missing. And I, I love working with my advocational students. I love working with them to find that piece and to put it back. That is one of the most rewarding things that I do, that I've done. And no, I'm not crying, you're crying. So <clears throat> when you are working with those advocational adults, if, if that is something, is that, if that is an offering that you offer in your studio, please know that those people have probably taken a long time just to build up the courage to come to you. And please, within your means, be sure to the best of your ability to create that safe space for them so they can find that peace, so they can find their voice. And for the love of all things singing, you celebrate the crap out of that piece and you celebrate them and you encourage them. And I have to tell you, going back to Paul's story and thinking back to when I said you would be amazing for musical theater. So Paul retired a few years ago and he's now a granddad and his love for singing is still so strong. He performs with uh, an a cappella group that I've worked with for years. Um, <laughs> they were originally called Four Over 40. They now joke they're four way over 40. But again, beautiful group of men who all love to sing. Paul finally found the time to audition for The Sound of Music and of course, they just, they were thrilled to have him in the cast. He was amazing. And um, I didn't tell him I was coming to this show. So I just waited with his loving family. His whole family was there, his wife, his girls, their husbands. And it was a whole family affair to celebrate him and his performance. And I was there and man, he was so surprised to see me. There might have been tears. So with that, um, being able to see somebody who has, who came to me. So I'm, if I look at the timeline, it's been almost 20 years that Paul has been a student of mine. Now, there were years where he was studying with me weekly when he was preparing for auditions or, or just, you know, he felt that his voice wasn't where it needed to be. There were times where he only came in for one, you know, one-off coaching, you know, a couple weeks of coaching. Um, and of course, there's been some specific coachings with him on the, the four over 40 gentlemen um, or preparing him for auditions. Like, so that Flexibility in, in offering um, different types of packages is one of the reasons why he was able 
to be a student of mine for so long, knowing that I was always available. I mean, within reason, um, if he needed just one-off coaching here and there. And of course, um, there were many times where I would, you know, go and see him perform. And there were many times actually where I invited four over 40 to perform with me. So, uh, again, a kind of a collaboration of, uh, performing opportunities and coaching opportunities. So that is, um, that's my story with Paul. And for those of you that are working with those advocational adults, those adults that, don't necessarily have a career track, but it's something that they truly love and it is a big part of their lives. That kind of offering for those clients can be really rewarding. It can give you a little bit of flexibility. The one thing I will say about my my older advocational adults is quite often they can come during the day where my young students always have to come after school. So if you are looking for a way to fill in earlier times during the day, that is an opportunity for a lot of teachers. In fact, um, I usually started my teaching day around one o'clock and the first few hours were all my adult students that um, were either semi-retired or retired or, you know, my adults that worked were self-employed and could set their own hours. Those during the daytime spots were perfect for them. And um, just a, a teaching marketing tip, I connected with a lot of adults in that situation because I was um, uh, supporting my students uh, through the community choir and um, I got to know a lot of people in that community choir. So, of course, people... uh, um, uh, people would would obviously uh, uh, refer me for vocal coaching or audition prep and all of that stuff. So connecting with a community choir, an older community choir, can be a really beautiful thing for a studio opportunity. And again, creating those safe spaces to celebrate voices uh, and to help them find their voice and to find that piece that might be missing is beautiful, beautiful work. So now uh, my other student that I got to see. And this was also bittersweet. So I I got to see Mina in uh, the high school production of Mean Girls. Now, uh, Westdale High School in Hamilton has a great theater program. It's all student-led. Everything from the tech, the set, the makeup, everything is student-led. It's all part of their theater uh, production. Um, And uh, Westdale... Well, still high school has a, um, I'm laughing because you'll have to excuse me. I know this is a podcast, but I'm looking out of the window and my um, husband and son are removing pieces of a tree that we had to cut down. And my husband just made rude gestures to me. So there we go. Thanks, Sean. Don't try to steal him, ladies. He's all mine. Anyhow, back to my story about Mina. Um, Westdale High School has an amazing theater <laughs> theater production uh, program. And Cassie, is it Levy? Levy? Cassie Levy, she, she was, uh, uh, she's a Broadway performer, is from Westdale High School. Um, she was uh, in the first Frozen, I think. I could be wrong. I hope I'm saying her name right. Um, anyhow, um, 
So I got to see Mina, and I have gone to the Westdale High School productions for years. I've seen so many of my students perform at their shows. I saw my student Max in The Adams Family and my student Kirsten in Mamma Mia. Like, they do such a great job. So I had never actually seen Mean Girls. I was really excited to see it. Now, Mina uh, Mina wasn't necessarily such a long-term student, but she was one of those magic dedicated students. You know, you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones that their lessons feel like they only last 30 seconds because it's such a wonderful experience to, and they're so receptive and they come prepared. She was a magic student. And um, I started with Mina in my in-person studio, obviously before I got about a year with Mina before the pandemic, then she moved online and did beautiful work online. Um, And We did continue uh, for a year when I moved to Nova Scotia, but I recognized that Mina was destined for the stage. And I knew, even though she was my magic student, uh, that I had to find her another teacher. She needed to be in person and she needed to be with a teacher who could really hone her acting skills and who was connected and involved in the music theater community where Mina lived. And this was really difficult. And friends, I know uh, we worry about, you know, losing students, but sometimes, sometimes we have to, we have to say, we have to let them go. I knew that I wouldn't, I mean, I could serve Mina to a certain point, but if she wanted to perform and audition and get really into the scene locally in the Hamilton, the Toronto GTA area, she needed to be with somebody that could offer her those things. Um, <clears throat> so I, fortunately, one of my best friends, Anne Barnshaw, shouting out to Anne, uh, not only is an incredible vocal coach, she's an unbelievable piano player. She's music director for a lot of local uh, community theater, and she teaches at Sheridan College, which is the music theater school in Oakville. She would be the perfect person for Mina. And friends, it was hard. Even though I was like referring Mina to my dearest friend, I still felt that ache of saying goodbye to such a delightful student, but I knew it was in her best interest. And of course, I I still spy and I ask Anne how she's doing. So when I was in Ontario and in um I asked Anne, uh, I asked Anne, you know, when's Mina coming in for a lesson? And she said, Oh, she comes in on Wednesday. And I'm like, Do you think I could sneak in? And so for I snuck into her last 10 minutes. There was crying, lots of crying. This should be called the crying podcast. Um uh, anyhow, so I snuck into the last 10 minutes of her lesson. I gave her a big hug. She sang one of the songs that she was working on for the show. I cried. Anne cried. Anne's a sympathetic crier. So if anybody is crying, Anne is going to cry. There's lots of crying. It is so incredible to see your students continue and just grow and flourish and and their voices, you know, as they're growing. Um, uh, I, Mina was uh, 13, 14, 13 when she started with me. So she was going through voice change and there was, you know, all of that stuff. And oh, to hear her sing, it was just so beautiful. And of course, I was able to get to tickets to see the opening night of Mean Girls and to see her perform. And I know I'm biased, but her performance was uh, just amazing. Um, 
she didn't play Regina. She played the friend. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name. The friend of Regina. The one, oh, what is it? I forget. I'll have to look it up. Anyhow, she was incredible. And uh, it was a great show. Kudos to all the kids um, that just put their heart and soul into those productions. And and again, student-led theater, every aspect from the, the technical to everything is all done by the, the kids. So congratulations to everyone. And of course, congratulations to Mina. And of course, congratulations to Anne, who has done a, con- a just a beautiful job working with such a talented young performer and, and seeing her grow. Now, all right, my last story, my last story, and yes, it all ties in, and yes, I will dive more deeply into student retention, but all of this is related. I hope you can see the thread and how it's working. If you have a full voice workbook close by, on the cover, in the music theory box, there is a sweet little girl who's holding a pencil and smiling from ear to ear. That is Olivia. When that picture was taken, Olivia was six years old. She had just started lessons and she loved working out of her workbook. She loved doing uh, her full voice workbook and drawing notes. She was learning a lot about notes in her violin lessons and it tied in beautifully. And she's from day one, she was all smiles. Now, I got to see Olivia... She's now 17, and she was the lead, Audrey, in Little Shop of Horrors. Now, Olivia officially is my last final remaining student, and I will keep her forever if that is what she wanted. So when we moved to Nova Scotia, it was still pandemic-y, there were still some restrictions and I had probably a good 20 students still online. I started to downside, downsize my studio by saying goodbye first to my avocational students and saying that, you know, it's time for you to start working with teachers locally in person. And I also said I was always available if they needed one-off lessons, but really they should they should maybe work with somebody else. And that was sad and it was hard. And then I said to, in 2022, I said to all of my parents, I had, um, I had Zoom meetings. I, I am a face-to-face person. I, I don't like emails or texting, especially when it's things that can be misconstru- misconstrued or misunderstood or a negative tone read, read into them, which is like everything. Did you know that? Everything you type, everything you text can be read with a negative tone and quite often it is. So if you really want to piss somebody off, send them a text. Anyhow, I made arrangements to talk to all my families and I said, I love working with your students. I am happy to continue online, but we've gotten to a place now where it is safe and okay to go back to singing in person. And I think it is important for you to have that opportunity. However, if you wish to stay online, I am happy to continue working with you if you are finding it that it is convenient for your family and all of that. And here's the thing. Um, 
a lot of my students wanted to stay online. Many of the parents are like, I don't need to drive them anywhere else. And my schedule is busy. They are doing very well with their online. So for a long time, I did maintain quite a few of my students. But as the, as the year went on and as opportunities arose, a few of them kind of found other opportunities. And then Last year, uh, in 2023, um, I only had, uh, sorry, at the end of end of 2022, I only had um, like three or four students left. And it was lovely. There is something beautiful about only having three or four students. Like you are not overwhelmed. And I got to really devote a lot of time in planning and being really thoughtful in what we were going to do. And, and again, I catered all of my resources and energy into exactly what those students wanted to do. And it was beautiful. But this past year, um, in the beginning of September, 2023, um, my little Esther, who I love was, you know, going into air cadets and she was singing musical theater with the local troupe and stuff. And it was time for her to go. And my other student went off to university, uh, bittersweet. I love when they go off to university and, 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 uh, so, so she said goodbye. So, um, and my other, uh, adult that was working on, uh, an audition had also basically finished things up and she had achieved her goals and it was time for her to move on. So I'm left with Olivia. Olivia is preparing for her audition for the school musical. She has been in the school musical since she got to the school. She has done everything in front of the stage, behind the stage, and she has put in so much work. And she was, she started preparing for that audition in the summer. She was singing those pieces from Little Shop of Horrors before we took our summer break. And come September, or sorry, we start in October, she was ready, so ready. So... Um, Olivia is officially my last student and I could not miss this performance. So I emailed her parents and I said, I am going to make a trip to Ontario. I've got lots of things to do, but the big reason I want to come out is to see Olivia perform. And my friends, again, this should be the crying podcast to see a poised, energetic musical, exciting performance from a young woman. And to think back of the sweet little six-year-old that sang through, you know, all the Disney repertoire, <laughs> all the Donna Rodenizer repertoire, started getting interested in musical theater and just, just see that long time progress. That's not as common as you would think. And and for those of you who have seen this, students through childhood into voice change, into early teens, and then moving into being a young adult and hearing the voices. Now, I have to tell you, um, Olivia's father, Jeff, who is just delightful, uh, Jeff would always come in. The problem with Jeff is Jeff and I would start these philosophical conversations in Olivia's lesson, and then Olivia would get mad, understandably. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but um, Jeff has videos of every performance that his little girl has done. And it was interesting because he shared one from like her very first year of singing, sweet little tiny voiced Olivia. And one, you know, when she was like, you know, 
preteen and then one at the beginning of high school. And then of course, um, we had some recorded performances through the pandemic where Olivia sang, um, a, a song, but then she also recorded all the harmony parts. And I got my husband who is still outside making rude gestures at me, just so you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, my husband put the video together with her singing harmony, like three part harmony with herself. Beautiful work. Anyhow, this, this was a bittersweet trip. And I remember sitting, I'm not going to cry, pushing it down. I remember sitting in the parking lot at Hillfield Strathallen waiting for, I got there early before the show started and just kind of reflecting on, what a journey it has been for me as a teacher, as a singer, but mostly reflecting back on, on all of the, the, the different people and the different goals and the different challenges. And while I'm sharing success stories here, yes, I've had students that have been only in my studio for a little while and, and it wasn't a good fit. And, and they didn't last more than a season. And I've even had students that started and it was a horrible fit. And I knew that it was a bad, bad thing. And, and I encouraged them to find other teachers before the year ended. And I have had students that have done beautiful, beautiful things and then just changed their mind and changed their interests and, you know, decided that singing really wasn't where they wanted to put their time and effort. There is a lot of journeys and um, that we see and that we're part of, and sometimes we're part of them for a very short period of time. And sometimes, like the, the students I'm telling you about today, they're with us for a long time. So let's talk about celebrating our students and student retention. It is part of our, I'm going to say industry, but our business model that you will see students come and go. And I want to shout out to all of the people who, uh, uh, in the, in the, our Facebook forum, um, voice teachers for young singers. And, uh, that there was, uh, some, some posts shared and thank you for being so vulnerable. And thank you for sharing this information about how frustrating it was when students leave or students quit. And this is, this is a really good time of year to kind of reflect on this because coming up in a new year, things change, schedules change, um, new sports start, new opportunities start, you know, musical theater productions start for some school boards. And we start to see that fluctuation of students that are are not able to participate in our studios. And yes, you do have the families that, you know, need to discontinue and or want to discontinue. So I know that it is challenging when people quit and it is really frustrating. And I know that you can put all sorts of things in a policy that say that they can't quit, which I think is rather ridiculous because there's always circumstances where a family may have to, like a student may have to quit. And there are always circumstances where you might want a student to quit. So keep that in mind. Um, and we're always working and many, we've done many podcasts on finding your ideal client. You might not 
you might think they are an ideal client and maybe they come to you at the beginning as an ideal client. And then it turns out that they're either their interests change or maybe we didn't vet them well enough, or maybe they just didn't come clean on what they actually wanted. And they're not a good fit. So the flexibility within our studios to allow people to come and go and the different types of offerings that we can offer. So for example, my advocational adults, because they were either at the very beginning of the day or very late in the day, I had more flexibility for them. And that serves me really well. Filling those early afternoon spots. And also if I have a student at the end of my day, and I was teaching long days, um, and if I had an adult student at the end of the day that you know, couldn't come in or whatever needed to cancel. It meant that I could go home early. Now, what I did with my adult students, and this is something you may want to consider, um, with my adult students, because I had that flexibility, they would buy lesson packages. And I would sell them in four, six, and eight lesson packages. And yes, the four lessons were more expensive than the six and the six is more expensive than the eight. And then, then I also had a, uh, a much more expensive fee for drop-ins. So if you just need a one-off, you're preparing for uh, an audition or whatever, um, that was a little bit more. I never offered the one-off lessons to students that hadn't had a series of lessons before. So you couldn't just be a stranger and come in for one lesson. I that Nobody would get anything out of that. So having that flexibility allowed me to really offer a service that was useful for that demographic. And that, that worked for how I scheduled my students. And um, at, like I said before, advocational adults can be beautiful students with different goals, but they're there because they love to sing, celebrate that, give them big hugs. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about uh, student retention, and again, this ties in with a lot of stuff that uh, I see on the forums and I do want to address it. So the biggest, your biggest asset as a business owner is communication. Your biggest asset. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. If you cannot communicate well with people, they will not understand or appreciate what you have to offer. Be sure to always be working on improving your communication. Even if you think you are a good communicator, you can be a better communicator. And that probably is going to be your best skill and your best defense against students dropping out. So communicating what you have to offer and finding the right students is the first part. But when you have students in your studio, how do you celebrate them? How do you communicate how well they are doing? How do you make them feel like they are in the right place? That is all part of our communicating and celebrating. Now, it can be challenging if you are running a big studio. Again, I know this is not a popular opinion, but having parents in the studio is so crucial. Letting them ask you questions face to face will always be far better and far more effective 
and a hundred million times more appreciated. Yes, a hundred million. I'm, I've done the stats. A hundred million times more appreciated for parents. One of the struggles that parents often have is that the only feedback we get from teachers, from coaches, from whatever, is when something's going wrong. And um, my husband and I went to the parent-teacher conferences for my son's school. Noah's in grade eight. And I can't tell you how lovely it was to just sit for five minutes and talk to his teacher. I learned a lot about my son. I learned a lot about friends I knew nothing about. If anybody has a preteen boy, you know that getting information out of them is like they should be spies because they don't talk to anybody. Anyhow, um, that talking to Noah's teachers was so lovely and asking questions, you know, does he participate in class? Well, yeah, he does. He he participates quite well. I, I didn't know that. That's great to know. And getting that kind of feedback is so important. So how can you celebrate those young students, especially the beginners? That's the other challenge. Beginners aren't going to be your show-stopping performers at the recitals. How do you let parents know that their progress is, is supposed to be slow? And I'm, uh, this is a shout out to Dr. Shannon Coates. I love this. Progress in, in, in learning is not A to B. It's A to dinosaur to Jupiter, to the color yellow, to a fuzzy red sweater, maybe you get to B, and then you circle through all of that back to A because you got to review that and you start the journey all over again. That is learning. It's not, parents won't see the small details or see the improvement that we see, whether it's the confidence, you know, how big of a deal is it when a student just starts to open their damn mouth? Honestly, that's like, that's like celebrate, that's like ice cream celebration time as far as I'm concerned. Those are big steps. Those are huge steps. So how can we celebrate our students? How can we communicate that? I can't tell you how important and what a big deal it is to parents to see and to hear those good things, those good news things. Um, one of my, uh, one of my teenage boys, um, Max, uh, that I used to work with, um, Max was really into musical theater. Um, I just said, Max had performed a, he was working on a tune for his show and he just nailed it. And I said, Max, can I please videotape this? Can we send it to your mom? I said, it was right before Mother's Day. I said, do you want to give your mom the best gift ever? Because please let me, I'll, I, I said, I'll delete it. Nobody sees it except your mom. And he reluctantly agreed. I had a, an ecstatic crying mom, see, it's the crying podcast, um, call me, thanking me. She's like, I was having a horrible day. You sent me that video. I, I just thank you for celebrating my kid. He never sings around me. I never knew he was working on that song. I'm so glad he's working with you. Thank you for what you do. Those are the moments you're looking for, friends. It's that little extra effort. Can you celebrate those students? Can you show the parents? Can you remind parents that 
it takes forever. Learning to sing is a lifetime journey. I'm still learning to sing. You're still learning to sing. I'm still, I'm still discovering my voice. It's different, right? It's a different voice than I had 10, 20 years ago. I'm still celebrating that. So can you reach out in the next little week? If you're listening to this podcast at time of of, of uh, release, right before Christmas, you want to give some parents a really sweet Christmas gift. Let them, let them see a performance. Send them a message. My husband's walking by the window. Ah, <laughs> oh, nope. Don't do, oh, yeah. It's a good thing, friends. This is not a video uh, podcast, just so you know. Anyhow, I told you it, it's the podcast for crying. <laughs> Anyhow, my friends, um, I do want to tell you about all of the amazing stuff that's coming up for Full Voice. And uh, I am so excited. I have, do you have your new journal? Do you have your new calendar? Do you have like your, your planner? I have, I have the best planner. I've used them for years. It's the um, Daily Greatness Planners. That's what I use for my business. Um, I have my daily greatness planner for 2024. It's so spanking new and it's beautiful. And I've I ha- it's undated, so I did carefully go and write in all the months. And I put a sushi song sticker on the front of it because, you know, it's cute. And I am so ready. I am so I've got so many great plans. So if you've got if you're planning a 2024 of really exciting things, Full Voice Music wants to help you have the best year ever. So let's start off with some of the teaching, the teacher training. Um, First of all, if you are listening to this podcast, on December 24th, the Happy Singing Teacher online course is going up in price. We had an introductory price for the last four or five months, and it is now going up. If you are interested in learning about pedagogy for children, if you are interested in welcoming students under the age of 10 and you want to facilitate incredible, inspiring, engaging pedagogy, If you want your pedagogy to go from serious to seriously engaging, please check out the Happy Singing Teacher course. You can save $100 if you register before December 24th. Now, if you just want to dip your toe and if you want to know how play-based learning, engagement, and lesson pacing go hand in hand... They are so important. If you're, again, if your pedagogy is serious and you would like it to be seriously engaging, I want you to check out that live workshop coming up in, oh, is that February? Nope. I think that one's in January. January 21st is the play-based learning. Uh, um, That is a live two, it's a 90-minute presentation with a huge Q&A. It does have a replay. If you want to wow students of all ages, I'm not talking just kids, but if you truly want to understand what engaging, well-paced lessons look like, I want you to check out that, that workshop. We are also having... 
the delightful Shannon Coates, Dr. Shannon Coates is coming back. Um, in the summer, she did a presentation on neurodiversity in the voice studio. And my friends, it was incredible. She talked about neurodiversity and what it could actually look like in the lesson studio with some of the things that we ask our students to do. And she, it was so beautiful and helpful. And if you are committed, and I hope you are committed, to creating inclusive studios and honoring all types of learners, please check out the upcoming, we haven't set a date yet, but Dr. Shannon Coates will be coming in January or early February to do her her incredible presentation on neurodiversity in the voice studio. And full disclosure, You know, I always used to think that I was inclusive and I was doing really well. And after seeing Shannon's presentation last summer, I recognized right away places where I was not serving my students well. Please check that out. And for those of you who are interested in small group classes, for years I ran small group classes and that group class offering changed my studio trajectory. Small group classes are an amazing opportunity not only to make more money but to expand your offerings as a voice teacher. If you're interested in learning more about that, in February, early February, February 4th, I will be doing a two-hour presentation on introductory vocal class, singing class lessons. And I've got videos of me working with the kids. I've got outlines. We do talk about how to structure them. We also talk about marketing and I show you how to price it. So if 2024 is professional development opportunities for you, please visit our website. Under the teacher training tab, you will see links to our online course, our live workshops. I guarantee you will take away some beautiful, beautiful teaching strategies and new philosophies that will level up your teaching and allow you to create an incredible safe space and enjoy student retention and all the things that come with that. Now, my friend, thank you for listening. Thank you for maybe uh, not crying um, <laughs> like I did. This is definitely the crying podcast. Um, I am thankful that you cannot see my husband working in the woods here. Uh, that's something that no one should have to witness. Anyhow, uh, my friends, I want to thank you. Thank you for being part of our community. I want to shout out to all of the teachers who are part of our Facebook group, Voice Teachers for Young Singers. I want to shout out to all of the members of the Speak Easy Cooperative. Oh my goodness, my friends in the Speak Easy, you are inspiring, inspiring human beings, the amazing things you are doing and the work you are doing. And one last little plug, and hear me out. If you are a teacher and you know, you know you're not charging enough, and you know that you have something more to offer, and you are surrounded by people who are not celebrating you and cheering you on, if you feel isolated and frustrated, I want you to check out 
Michelle Marquardt DeVoe. You've heard her on this podcast. She's talked so many times about mindset and business and success. I want you to check out the Speakeasy Cooperative. There is nowhere will you find a more supportive group of people. Nowhere will you be challenged to level up on so many parts of running your business and just being a good human in general. I want you to check it out. I would be um, not where I am today if it wasn't for Michelle's guidance and for the support and love and cheering and kudos from everybody in that group. So my friends, Speakeasy Cooperative. I'm going to put links to everything in the show notes. And as the year closes out, I hope that the holidays are everything that you need them to be. I hope that you get a really delightful 2024 business planner and you start planning out how you are going to level up, how you are going to change people's lives, how you are going to celebrate your students and, well, build the best business you possibly can. As always, my friend, I am wishing you inspired teaching. Happy New Year and happy singing. Thank you.